Hello, hello, and welcome to the Dark Goddess Rising podcast. My name is Serena, and I am your hostess. I'm really excited for today's episode. Um, First of all, it's episode three. (laughs) Super pumped. Um, But this episode is something that's very near and dear to my heart, something that I wish I would have known about a lot earlier in my life and in my magical journey. So I wanted to share it with others. So today we are going to be talking about the nervous system and how the nervous system is not just affected by trauma, but also spiritual experiences, um, gnosis, you know, kundalini, just like those really heightened moments where we have um, blissful, phenomenal experiences and we're really tapped into source or whatever the fuck you want to call it. And how that can kind of dysregulate us and how you start having people have experiences like spiritual psychosis and stuff of that nature. Um, And also how this really also ties a lot into shadow work and how to prep for shadow work and prepare yourself um, for your healing journey. So with all due respect, we're going to get this ball rolling and jump right on in. All right. So first and foremost, I want to kind of just give a quick crash course on the nervous system. So the nervous system is kind of like the control center for our body. It's responsible for a lot of different things, receiving, interpreting, and responding to information that's been provided um, to the from the body for both inside and out. So it really has a lot of control over our voluntary movement, like walking and talking, and also the involuntary processes that we have, like our heartbeat and, and um, our digestive digestive system. So that's kind of just the concept and the overview. So I'm going to break down two very important parts of the nervous system that are um, important to trauma healing and our... our um, topics for today. So the nervous system is divided up into essentially two parts. There is what's called the central nervous system, and then we have the peripheral nervous system. So we're going to break those down to CNS for the central nervous system and the PNS for the peripheral nervous system. So the CNS um, is is really like your brain and your spinal cord, and it's the part of it that processes and decides on what like the appropriate response is for things. Then you have the PNS, which is made up of all the nerves and everything attached to it outside of the CNS, and this is what carries information to and from the nervous system. So for example, you stub your toe your PNS is going to kind of pick up like, hey, something's going on outside of the body, and it carries those messages up to your brain and your stem, um, your spinal cord, and it's going to say, hey, something happened. How do we react? And the brain is going to say, hey, this fucking hurts, and it sends it back down to where those nerves kind of picked it up, and that's when you start feeling pain, and then you say, ouch, or you have that involuntary jerk back where you're like, oh my God, that hurt. So that's kind of just a really brief concept of how they interact with each other. Okay. So we are going to go into uh, another part of the body, um, which is of the nervous system. We're going to go a little deeper. So there's something called the automatic nervous system, and this is part of the PNS. We can call it ANS, the automatic nervous system. And this is then involuntary action. So this is the part of that 
PNS that creates our involuntary actions like your heartbeat, um, digestive, your respiratory rate, and so forth. And then we're going to dig even deeper into that automated nervous system. And we have the sympathetic nervous system, which is often known as our fight or fight, fight or flight system. And this is the part of our nervous system that prepares the body for intense physical activity in response to when you are perceiving danger. So what this does is it increases the heart rate, blood pressure, energy production, and if I am not mistaken, it's also where you get the adrenaline rush and stuff like that. So um, to break this down, this is the part of the our, our very old um, survival techniques that we used back in the day of like, oh my God, I see a lion. So your body's going to see that danger and be like, shit, son, and it's going to kick on that flight fight or flight, and it's going to essentially get you out of danger. So that's what it's kind of prepared and it's, it's designed there to do. So then you have the parasympathetic nervous system, and this is the rest and the digestive digest system. So this part helps you promote calming and return to these regular bodily functions after you see the line and you run and you get to safety. So the PNS, or the, I'm sorry, the SNS, the sympathetic nervous system, is the fight or flight that keeps you uh, safe from danger and it activates and you, you know, you have a high heart rate, you're, you're super pumped, you have that adrenaline, you know, you're, you might even be a little shaky, you know, um, all of that stuff. And, and it's designed to keep you safe. And then once you're safe away from the lion, the parasympathetic nervous system is what is there to help regulate you back down to a safe and calm state. It also helps um, with lowering the heart rate, the blood pressure, stimulating digestive and the energy storage. So really quick kind of concept that I'm going to, I'm going to dig in. So our body is designed to naturally regulate us after uh, an intense moment. However, when you have long-term trauma or a traumatic event that you could never heal from, these two parts of your body get super fucked off and that's when your nervous system starts getting messed up and you start having a lot of issues from physical to nervous to sleep issues and so it it's like the sympathetic nervous system gets clicked on and you're always in that fight flight fawn you know all of those different because there's more than just fight 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 or flight there's a lot of different ways we can tr uh, respond to like kind of traumatic or, or intense experiences so trauma affects this part of the body by keeping it turned off, uh, certain parts of it, the fight or flight turned off, and it suppresses the parasympathetic nervous system that helps it regulate. And so the shit gets fucked up. We're going to go a little deeper. I just wanted to kind of go into that. So then we have the somatic nervous system, and this is part of the P and S, you know, the part of you that helps you calm down. And it's composed of like cells and neurons essentially and they they just communicate with like electrical and chemical signature like signals um and so yeah they just communicate with like signals like electricity and drugs essentially kind of cool so that part of the somatic um nervous system it it does kind of control voluntary uh, actions like moving your muscles like when you walk like it's kind of helping with that so that's kind of like a really basic 
understanding of like how these things work and how your nervous system work and how these things can get super fucked off. Okay. So it's really cool because you can actually regulate the nervous system and you can kind of like help heal that nervous system. And you can kind of take this conscious control by essentially getting the, um, it's called somatic healing is one of the big ones. And this is where you do those voluntary actions of slow movement and like breath work. And that can actually help get that parasympathetic nervous system back up and running to help calm you. And then it will in turn help the sympathetic, the fight or flight part of your nervous system to, to calm down and, and regulate and not be a fight and flight. Because when you have that fight or flight turned on, it actually pumps your body with like cortisol and all these stress chemicals. And they're important in the moment, but long-term effects of having a constant pumping of this into your system as actually very very bad for you and it creates a lot of health issues mental health issues anxiety so it's just um trauma isn't just trauma affects the body on such a deep deep level and that's why people can't talk their way out of it they can't uh, do shadow work they can't do it because what it does is it just keeps activating those parts and you you just your body gets stuck and you cannot move out of trauma you cannot move out of these experiences and into safety without healing those parts of your nervous system all right so now that we have this little crash course on the nervous system i went a little deep with trauma um i'm going we're going to kind of start talking about um heightened spiritual experiences, gnosis, uh, kundalini, whatever you want to call it, you know, or, well, I don't even want to say whatever you want to call it, but, you know, there's, there's a couple different ways that this manifests and, you know, different experiences that we have. So uh, let's just jump right on into that. All right. So crazy wild spiritual experiences and how it fucks up your nervous system. Let's fucking get into it. Um, so you know, you hear a lot of people always talk about like meditation and all of this stuff as a really big key to spiritual experiences, spiritual awareness, um, and stuff like that. And it is important. I just want to kind of say that, but if you are somebody who has, um, already a nervous system out of whack for whatever reason, um, you might have PTSD, you might have some, something going on. Like I'm not here to dictate why, why or why not? Um, but sometimes during these experiences, when you're meditating or you're having these things, it um, can be really exciting, but it can also trigger out um, very intense emotional releases. And this can end up in turn affecting the nervous system. And so, yeah, like, you know, breathing exercises, certain things in yoga, um, mindfulness, like all of that kind of stuff, idealistically will help the parasympathetic nervous system regulate. But sometimes when we have spiritual experiences that may have came out of the blue, for me personally, my first intense spiritual experience happened when I was uh, 17 and I had a incredibly traumatic experience. Uh, I won't go into detail what happened. It just was horrid. Okay. And what it ended up doing was kicking me out of my body. And I 
ended up having this very heightened spiritual experience where I became super connected to what I call the web of life is the terminology that I have it. Um, and it's, it's a lot about weaving. <laughs> uh, and I essentially got connected to this web and it, it, it showed me the interconnectedness of like humans and the earth and everything here. Um, and, and, and I, I just like got plugged in It's the best way I can say it, but because it was associated with such a traumatic experience, um, for a long time, spiritual experiences or when I would have heightened spiritual experiences or try to meditate or try to shift into these things, my body was, it freaked out. It, it fucking triggered this PTSD. And so while I was having these phenomenal spiritual experiences, my nervous system was also super out of whack and it got kind of crazy for me. So I, that's just my personal experience. It, it, you know, what I'm talking about today isn't relevant for everybody, but it is relevant, I think, for enough people who don't understand what they're going on. So all of these different things and, and meditation and all of these things also affect like our neurotransmitters and it releases, you know, serotonin and dopamine and all of that stuff. So that those are chemicals released by, yeah. So when we talk about like gnosis or kundalini, these are really intense spiritual experiences or awakenings that can trigger a huge rush of activity to the nervous system. And while it can create intense feelings of joy, euphoria, and all of that stuff, it can also create um, big crashes where you go from one extreme to the other. Um, sometimes we will even watch people go through a very spiritual uh, psychosis experience. Um, and this is because, partially because the nervous system, in my opinion, and from what I've researched, um, gets very activated. It gets, there's a lot of, a lot of energy going on. And so it can easily dysregulate people, especially people who have trauma, have PTSD, um, or just have a very naturally sensitive nervous system, which they're starting to think that maybe people with like ADHD or, um, you know, maybe even autism, you might just naturally have a very sensitive nervous system. It might not just, I mean, there is trauma for a lot of people with those diagnoses, but I'm also curious if this is also just people who are very just naturally sensitive and their nervous system gets out of whack easy. But that is neither here nor there on that. Uh, I mean, it is, but it's just kind of uh, something I've been curious on and I've read a bit about it. So what this ends up doing is when you have these experiences that are amazing, but not all spiritual experiences and gnosis and all of that is um, positive. Some people can have a very distressing or challenging experience. It could surface up a lot of things. It can trigger the nervous system. And so and I'm not saying all this and talking about this because I want to deter people and say, don't do these things. What I want to do is help people understand why these things happen and techniques and so forth and things that you can do to help ground yourself so that you don't get lost in the spiritual sauce. I know I have. I've watched a lot of people do it. And so part of the nervous system healing and regulation really is just grounding. It's becoming very grounded, calming your nervous system, becoming very rooted um, in yourself so that you can enjoy and you can have these spiritual experiences without going off into the deep end like we watch a lot of people do. 
And so you're like, all right, Serena, like, but how do I fucking do this? Everyone says grounding. Everybody says these things. Well, I just kind of explained on a deeper level what grounding is. It is really just regulating your nervous system so that you can be more present, so that you can be more grounded, so that you're not in this fight or flight, so that you're not super all over the place and super scattered. This this will help you navigate these experiences as well as shadow work, because when it comes to shadow work and, and a lot of therapy, and I was having a conversation with a, a therapist recently, we've had phenomenal breakthroughs in understanding trauma and how trauma affects the body and how um, trauma healing works. And it's not integrated into the mental health system. And the mental health system is a very fractured. It's still operating on some very ableistic, some very sexist things. Um, it, it's when you look at therapy and like psychiatry, like it's a very new concept, like right around a little over a hundred years old. And it really just was a bunch of people fucking around and finding out and fucking digging into people's fucking brains and psych and experience and having no clue that what they were doing. And they just kind of, you know, made shit up in a sense, but there is validity. Don't get me wrong. I'm not completely bashing it, but there was also a lot of sociopaths. Um, who just really damaged a lot of people. And so I have a love-hate relationship with like the mental health and psychiatry. But I do have hope that over the next couple decades, we will become a lot more trauma-informed and we will start integrating trauma healing and things of that nature because we have a greater understanding of how trauma affects us. It's just the healing and the therapies and the things are not integrated into the system. We still have a lot of people who are operating off of 60s, 70s and into the 80s stuff. And that stuff's just really irrelevant. It really is. Like there are processes for handling that stuff and diagnoses and treatments. It's kind of barbaric. So um, anyways, I went off on a tangent on that. So let's kind of get into um, different techniques and different ways that you can regulate your nervous system. And I've noticed when I started my like uh, nervous system healing and I started really getting into it, I realized that these are phenomenal techniques to help prepare you for ceremonies and ritual and magical experiences, as well as phenomenal ways to close that energy out as well. So that's kind of why I wanted to make this podcast today, because I do talk a lot about shadow work. I do talk a lot about healing, but I also talk about magic. And this is all incredibly intertwined for me personally. And I know that it probably is for a lot of other people. Anyways, I'm going to start rambling. Let's start talking about different ways that you can regulate that nervous system. All right, all right, all right. So now we're going to talk about these nervous system um, techniques and like grounding and ways to get yourself grounded. And like I said uh, just now, there are a lot of uh, parallels and connections and how these can actually uh really enhance and prepare you for uh, ritual and ceremonies and magical experiences. So let's get going. So the first one that I'm going to talk about is deep breathing and breathing techniques. So it is one of the most simplest and most effective ways to calm your nervous system. Um, And the reason why is deep breathing techniques, um, and I'm going to kind of walk you through and talk you through how to do this, um, what this, what deep breathing and when you do it properly, it actually stimulates something called the vagus nerve, which is a super important part of this parasympathetic nervous system that essentially is what promotes relaxation and stress relief. So crazy. Turns out like breathing a certain way is like... (laughs) 
one of the most phenomenal ways to regulate your nervous system. So fucking crazy how it's like programmed that way. So deep breathing, I'm going to kind of talk about different ways. Unfortunately, this is not a video podcast because I'm not sure I'm ready to do that stuff, but I'm adjusting myself so I can get into the position to breathe. So one of the important, most important parts when you are doing deep breathing is doing diaphragmatic breathing, which is where you breathe deep into your belly. You're not breathing up in your chest. Like if your chest is like up and down, up and down, you're breathing wrong. Um, What you want to do is an easy way to kind of learn this is by laying down. That's one of the easiest ways for me. And so what you want to do is when you breathe up, you put your like hand right around like where your um, solar plexus is. And when you breathe in, you want your hand to rise up and your chest for the most part, not really move a whole lot. And then when you breathe, your hand goes back down. And so that is breathing into your diaphragm. That's actually the more proper way to breathe. If you're breathing high up in your chest, that's not proper breathing. That's a very traumatized breathing. We're supposed to really kind of have a slow, deep breathing kind of energy going. And so um, you can practice that for a while until you get that diaphragmatic breathing in and you can kind of do that more naturally without like super paying attention. So that's the first step. And when you breathe into your diaphragm and you breathe deeper, that is a lot more calming and relaxing form of breathing as opposed to high up in your chest. That's borderline hyperventilating at times. So once you get that down, I'm going to walk you through a technique um, and a breathing pattern that you can do. And what this does is when you breathe this pattern, when you breathe, it's the the key component in the concept is, is slow breathing in, but you want to breathe out through your mouth like longer than it took for you to breathe in. So you breathe in through your nose slowly. And then when you breathe out and you exhale, you're pushing out, but you're breathing slower than it held, than it took for you to breathe in. So this, for some reason, triggers your, your, your nervous system to, to slow the fuck down. Crazy. I know it's like this, oh, it's almost like our bodies knows how to do this. We just lose it. So What you're going to do, and this is a really, really easy breathing technique, you can look videos up on YouTube, is that you are going to breathe in, you're going to completely exhale, breathe out, empty your lungs, and you're going to breathe in for seven seconds. You're going to breathe in through your nose very slowly. And you breathe in till seven, and then you hold for four. Something about this also is important where you kind of hold your breath, and then you exhale for eight seconds through your mouth. And then once you hit that eight, you immediately start breathing in through your nose for seven seconds. And then you hold for four. And then you release for eight through your mouth. Um, And something about this process just helps regulate the nervous system and help trigger calming. And even if you do it for like two, three minutes, you can notice a difference. And this is a really simple, easy way to kind of start getting the ball going on meditation and getting this kind of doing. And if you do it just a couple times a day throughout the day, it really does kind of help bring you down. It's a practice that I've really been incorporating for about a year and a half. Um, And it turns out I was doing it on my own accord before that, and I didn't even realize it. So that is an important 
technique that really kind of helps stay at this stage. And so when I go into, when I'm doing psychic readings and readings and stuff for people, or I'm doing ritual or anything, I will actually do this process for for a little bit before I really delve in. There's another breathing technique that I will talk about later, but it's not for beginners. It's it's I'm sure a lot of people have heard about it, but it's a phenomenal way to uh, really activate and really get into a heightened uh, spiritual state. But I think that's for another podcast because it's not uh, it's it's a technique that might be a little advanced for some. So another technique that we have is called the progressive muscle relaxation. And this is a technique that involves tensing up and releasing different muscle groups. So you focus on, for example, your calves and you tense them up and then you release and relax them. And then you do that for another round or two. And then you go to like your thighs. Um, And while you are doing this, um, you also can focus on breathing techniques and you kind of just work up this way. And what this does is it helps you become more physically aware, but as you release, it helps your body let go of tension. And for some crazy reason, doing this helps engage that parasympathetic nervous system and it helps do a state of relaxation. This is actually a technique that I learned in DBT because for those of you who don't know, I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. Um, and this is a technique that I was taught in this, um, in my healing journey and therapy. You can also find a lot of progressive muscle relaxation. That's the term of it videos on YouTube. So obviously we've been kind of talking about meditation and mindfulness. Um, this is just really a phenomenal way to help alleviate and promote stress, mindful based stress reduction is just one method that has been researched intensely and it's found to really help with stress and anxiety and reduce that. So there's just a lot of ways you can do this, you know, breath work, doing a body scan, um, mindfully observing your thoughts and your feelings. And over time, this can actually change your brain structure and how it functions and help regulate the nervous system. I do want to give a disclaimer that sometimes meditation and mindfulness Um, really freaks some people out. And that's valid. It's especially I've noticed that it seems to be with people whose trauma response is to always be moving and always be going. And it has this tendency of like, when you slow down, and you start to do nothing, and you start meditating, it actually creates a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress. I just want to say that there that is very valid. And there are other techniques, like a lot of people like meditation, do these things like you might need to figure out other ways to regulate your nervous system before you do this. And so I just kind of want to let people know you're valid if you're one of those people. And that's why we're going to go into this next technique. There are people who, like I was saying, they always have to be moving. They always have to be doing things. Relaxing triggers a lot of anxiety. And this is a trauma response. Physical activity might be better for you. And physical activity um, actually super regulates the nervous system because of that whole, you see a lion, your adrenaline and your nervous system gets freaked out and then you run, right? And part of that running and that process and movement um, after you've experienced a traumatic experience will actually help for some crazy ass reason, help 
um, reduce that stress hormone and reduce the adrenaline and cortisol and helps increase the endorphins um, and kind of be just like a natural mood elevator. So uh, it's a phenomenal concept. And so this is also something that I learned in DBT and like my healing journey was physical exercise and you really have to kind of get your blood pumping and get moving and do things for about 20 minutes and this will help kind of calm things down so you know walking jogging swimming cycling yoga you know any type of physical posture that you can also combine breathing exercises and so being mindful of your breathing during this time frame and if you have to start slow with walking that's fine um, but just something about this. And I'm a firm believer that even physical exercise and movement can be a form of mindfulness and meditation. Like we always kind of box in what mindfulness and meditation is. And I think that there's a lot of different ways that we can really get into that flow. So if you are one of those people where sitting down and meditating and breathing that way is hard, you might be someone who might benefit from getting into physical movement first. So as always, with our little witch bench shit connecting with nature um is actually really phenomenal and it's crazy because like when you actually do walk barefoot um there's like this weird chemical reaction that we actually have by like connecting with the ground and walking in nature and being in grass like it it's it's a crazy concept but it like really does send like neurons from the earth to us um up through our feet um, and it just really has this natural connection. There's, I mean, we all hear it. This is one that I don't feel I have to really go a lot into because it's pounded into our heads often in our spiritual practices. Um, so I, this one, I, I understand why they talk about it and why it's a big thing. But I also realize that in this day and age, um, eating healthy is, it can be a bit of a privilege. Okay. But there are certain um, vitamins and minerals and things that we can eat that actually do help our nervous system and help our moods and help our, our brain health. Um, and that, that there's just research around it. But like I said, I don't really try to put a huge focus on this just because I understand it's not um, a reality for everybody. Uh, but it is something just to be mindful of. Um, but don't beat yourself up if this isn't uh, something that you're capable of doing for whatever fucking reason. I'm not here to judge, okay? Um, so foods that are rich in like B vitamins is really important. And this is like beans, peas, lean proteins, whole grains, blah, blah, blah. Um, Omega-3 fatty acids, which is like fatty fish, flax seeds, walnuts, blah, blah, blah. This helps promote brain health and mood regulation. And then magnesium-rich foods, which come in like leafy green vegetables and bananas can really help with this stuff. And obviously staying hydrated and drinking your water. Um, some people will say that overuse of caffeine, nicotine, and drugs and alcohol is also going to naturally just fuck your nervous system up. I'm once again, not here to judge your relationship with stimulants. Um, this is something that you need to strictly determine if you can do it or you can't, because there are some people who can, and there are some people who can't. I'm one of those people who can't. Drugs and alcohol and all that stuff is the quickest way to fuck off my nervous system. I hate it. I wish I could enjoy it like some, but like, I just, I just have no chill. 
So those are just some different ways that you can really regulate the nervous system and kind of help structure and kind of help doing it. And getting into a regular practice with it is important. And I actually want to talk about um, a new kind of, I mean, it's not new. We've probably heard about it. Um, it is called somatic healing and it is an actual like part of the nervous system. Like if you remember earlier, I brought up somatic, like the somatic nervous system. So this is like an alternative therapeutic approach um, that helps really focusing the connection between the mind and the body. Um, and somatic, uh, there's a Greek term. It's like soma is like the living body. So, but the concept around this is uh, somatic healing is that trauma and stress lead to a lot of physical experiences um, and symptoms and stuff because essentially our body holds on to the trauma. And if our body is holding on to the trauma and we don't know how to help aid it in releasing it, talking about your trauma, talking about these experiences are going to be difficult, including shadow work. Crazy, right? Because while we rationally know that we're not in the moment and we're trying to talk about it and, and, and all of that, our body doesn't know the difference and we end up just reactivating and our body just, it isn't good. That's why a lot of people with a lot of trauma uh, didn't really benefit from a lot of different forms of therapy, like talk therapy. Um, we can't rationalize. We can't talk our way out of trauma. We have to approach it from a more body concept. And so there's two different like therapy techniques. There's like from top down, which is where you are rationalizing and you were talking about it and then you kind of go into it and then you have bottom up, which is the opposite where you focus a lot really more on healing um, the body and slowing the body down and allowing the body to release these things before you really need to talk about it. And sometimes we don't really need to talk about it. We just need to give our body permission to fucking release it and let go. So it's crazy how the body and the mind are linked and we talked about it through the nervous system so emotions and thoughts can literally like create physical reactions um, and physical sensations can influence our emotions as well as our thoughts and so traumatic events often will create us to disconnect from our body as a protective measure um, disassociation um, but you can also see this in spiritual experiences as well, which creates a lot of physical ailments and somatic healing really helps kind of reconnect with your, the body and process the trauma and how the trauma affected the actual body. And so once you get into the somatic awareness, um, you start kind of having a heightened awareness of physical sensations um, and you can practice mindfulness and this allows you to release and let go of like stored tension and trauma when you be start becoming aware of the physical ailments and sensations. So there are a lot of different ways to kind of do somatic pre, um, practices, but really it's a lot about bodily movement and exercises, but it's not intense. It's not super intense. Like it's usually very slow and very chill. Yoga and Tai Chi are a phenomenal way of kind of these are very somatic healing processes um, and when you tie in breath work it really takes it to a next level and so a lot of therapists are starting well not a lot but it's becoming a very known concept in the therapy field and you can see a lot of coaches and a lot of holistic healers are starting to integrate it as well um, and so it just really talks a lot about the physical sensations and the body and how the body processes trauma and needs help releasing it. So this is just a phenomenal technique. I wanted to bring it up um, as well. So 
now that we kind of have an understanding of how these things can work um, and how you know our nervous system is affected different healing techniques and stuff like that and this stuff can really help bring your um it can really help heighten and help your spiritual experiences move smoother a smoother and be a lot more um not as intense because some people i'm sure have wonderful ones but i just know a lot of people who have a lot of trauma who have um you know nervous system issues and stuff like that spiritual experiences can really be very intense and hopefully this information can help you know make it more enjoyable make it smoother um, and be more grounding and kind of prevent a lot of the not so pretty things that can happen in spirituality that uh, some people don't like talking about so other than that i want to thank you guys so so much for joining me today um with this podcast it was kind of an on the fly one i don't even know what i'm gonna name it um but i'm really excited uh to just connect with you on the next episode i have no clue what that's gonna be i'm just kind of letting things organically flow um so I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Please subscribe to my channel. Please share this stuff around. I super, super appreciate it. And other than that, you guys have a great day or evening or wherever you are at in the day when you hear this.